It's Thursday, October 31st. Happy Halloween, and welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Held. With me in studio is Andy Cross. Happy Halloween, Chris. Happy Halloween, my friend. You excited? I'm excited for what happened last night in the baseball game. Very exciting times. Very exciting times here in D.C. Absolutely. Uh, we've got retail earnings. We're going to wrap up Halloween Candy Week, and we will get to Facebook. Uh, we're going to start with the fruit company. Apple's fourth quarter iPhone revenue came in higher than expected. It was also down 9% year over year. There are always a ton of numbers when it comes to Apple's quarter. What stood out to you? Uh, so, back out the iPhone, Chris, and sales were up 17%. So, overall revenue up 2%, a little bit ahead of, of guidance or some estimates there. But X, the iPhone business, was up 17%. As you mentioned, iPhone down 9%. That's a little bit of an improvement from what we've seen the last couple of quarters, so that's good. But really, with Apple, Chris, as we've been talking about, the story is really on the service side. So you see service and wearables continue to be the real excitement behind Apple. And I think when you see folks like Gene Munster get excited and boost his Apple target price up to $350 from Loop Ventures, which we've just we spoke to this week, and uh, thank you very much for that time, guys. Um, the wearables and the services that continued growth there with more than 450 million paid subscribers. So, all of their services now that's up from 330 million a year ago. So, that's growth of 36%. That's really where the excitement is. Service in general was up 18% this quarter on the revenue side. It was the best quarter ever for Apple Care. So, as they continue to evolve and add in more products on the wearable side, watches, I, I, um, bud, iPhone buds uh, to help make up for some of the slowing on the iPhone side, which is still a big part of their business, right? It's really on the services and the subscription business that's going to be the big driver for Apple over on the growth side over the next several years. Yeah, you look at the stock up a little bit today, but to your point about the wearables, when you when you factor in the fact that we're going into the holiday quarter, uh, they are pushing these new um, higher end iPod yeah. or noise canceling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, iBuds, iPhone iBuds, buds. yeah. yeah iBuds. Um, yeah. And the fact that their most recent phone, the uh, the eleven. 11. Yeah. Um, some of those sales factored into this quarter, but not much. And so that's you know, if you think that's going to move the needle, sort of the combination of those things going into the holiday quarter, then it's reasonable to expect. You know, it's reasonable to see what we're seeing with the stock today, and it's reasonable to expect the next quarter is going to look pretty good. Too. And the and the guidance for the quarter was pretty good, so it was a little bit, um, I think, higher than some people were expecting. I mean, listen, listen, the story with Apple, it's it's a huge company. You got a trillion dollar market cap. It just generates so much cash. They continue to buy back. They buy back more stock than they actually earn. So they borrow that, as we've talked about with the borrowing too, with what they're trying to get to their net cash. A neutral position uh, because they generate so much cash, uh, and they just have to invest it into the higher growing areas, and that's really on the um, on the wearables and the services side. Uh, so iPad actually had a very good quarter too. So that was actually a nice little bright sign. So the story for Apple is really on the wearables and growth side, but you have a business that's huge. It is more and more meaningful to so many of our lives around the world, and that's probably only going to continue. And the stock, relatively to a to a multiple of earnings compared to the market, isn't horribly expensive, and probably do pretty well for um, for yield seeking kind of stable investors out there. Last thing I'll just add is you've got the streaming service getting ready to launch, and the early reviews have not been great for uh, the morning show with mm. Jennifer Aniston and Reese Withers. 
Hirschman and Steve Carell. Um, I, I, I guess I'm of two minds on, on that. One is, you go back to the earliest original shows that Netflix produced and that Amazon Prime produced, not all of them were hits right out of the gate. So, even if this first one isn't a hit, um, it doesn't mean Apple's not going to iterate, get better, and you know, sort of do with programming what they've done with devices. Um, but the other thing is, like, hey, this isn't their business. Yeah, this is, you know, this is this is just a side hustle almost for Apple <laughs> for all of the money that they're pouring into it, and yeah. they are like, you read the reports of how much money that they're spending on this and uh, the. The Jason Momoa show, C, mm, with you yeah. know just just tens of millions of dollars they're throwing at that, but it's like you know what they they can do that. Well, they they have to do that because it's a very expensive um, market with all the players that are in there led by by Netflix. But what caught me interesting uh, from the from the call was that customers who have purchased the qualifying Apple devices starting on September 10th can opt into 12 free months of Apple TV. So when you think about that, is how they're going to continue to widen out and build out this ecosystem. That's that's the real power with investing into Apple versus something like investing into Netflix, which has its own um, benefits as well, too. But that, that, as you mentioned, it's a small part of their business, but it'll be interesting to see how that grows. Facebook put up record revenue in the third quarter. Profits came in higher than expected. Shares of Facebook up more than 3% today. A really nice quarter. Revenues were up 29%. We continue to see an acceleration in revenue growth. When and it's we've it's been shown in the, the stock price over the past couple of months as well too. So revenue up 28%. Um, earnings up earnings per share up 12 20%. Uh, Facebook daily active users up 9%. That's an acceleration from 8% growth in the second quarter. Now 2.2 billion users use either Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, or Messenger at least once per month, and that's up from 2.1. Billion a year ago, ninety-four um, percent of ad revenue is still mobile. That's the big driver, of course. Ad impressions across the network up thirty-seven percent, Chris, but the revenue per ad down six percent. Uh, so a little bit of a deceleration there. Uh, the payments and other nice, but it's a small part of the business, uh, up 40, more than forty percent, driven by Oculus Quest. A lot of comments and questions, and even Mark Zuckerberg opened up the conference call with the conversations around political ads and what's happening in there. And we saw what Twitter announced with um, taking political ads off their platform. So, a lot of conversation around it, what he testified about and how he, they continue to see this as a supporter of, as a supporter of free speech. Um, won't get so much into those details, uh, but that was, a, that was a bulk of the call. On the expense side, expenses were up uh, 30%, which is actually less than they expected, uh, and the operating margin uh, north of 41%. So, a really continued to be an impressive quarter with, uh, with Facebook. Yeah, for those who missed it, Jack Dorsey, uh, CEO of Twitter, came out yesterday, and this, I'm guessing, was timed <laughs> so that Facebook would have to respond to it. Came out and said, "Yeah, starting uh, end of November of this year, Twitter is banning all political ads. We're just not going to do it." And yeah. laid out the numbers. It's it's a tiny percentage of the ad revenue that Twitter makes. Um, I guess when I I understand the rationale that Mark Zuckerberg is laying out, but I think if I were a shareholder, I would want him to just follow suit because because of the fact that you know one of the things he said was you know political ads make up less than one half of one percent of our ad revenue in you know or will in 2020, and it's like well then that doesn't seem like it's worth the headache you know you're 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 taking all the shots 
and you're getting less than one half of one percent more ad revenue than you would otherwise. Yeah, I think he sees this as a real uh, principal fight, and he's talked about that. He talked about that to shareholders, uh, or I'm sorry, to employees when he said, "You just go on the mat and you fight for this." So, uh, whether that's the right approach or not is still to, remains to be seen. Uh, what is important is that you have these two very meaningful platforms going into the political election season. One that's going to have ads on it. By the way, Twitter has plenty of of folks that use that and tout their political beliefs in, in through a tweet, not necessarily through ads. Uh, and Facebook um, is going to go the opposite direction. So, you have these two big platforms. But the quarter for Facebook that they reported continues to be very impressive. The guidance, they continue to be very soft in some of the guidance, but they've outperformed that guidance over the last few quarters. Uh, so, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see how they make out at the um, for the fourth quarter coming up. Yeah, for all of the talk recently about Amazon's growing ad business, and I think the talk is warranted, um, this is one of those quarters by Facebook that's a nice reminder of like, oh yeah, Facebook is really good at this too. Yeah, and it's a $500 billion market cap company, so um, not inconsequential. Etsy shares are down 15% today. Uh, the third quarter didn't strike me as being 15% bad. Like, a, I, like, what, like what, what is happening here? Yeah, I think it was. I, I see it as a very a nice quarter uh, for a company for for a company that is very meaningful when it comes to helping provide um, individuals and uh, people want to sell their goods into a platform in a very efficient way. And they have um, they have um, millions of people who sell on their platform every day or every every year, and um, and more than. And who actually buys? So, when you look at the uh, merchandise that is sold across their platform, it was up 30% for this quarter. Very nice. Uh, that was up a little bit. That was up more than that was up uh, from 20% a year ago. So, more and more merchandise continues to come across the platform. But what was interesting is the revenue growth was up thir- almost 32%. But that was a deceleration from what we've seen last quarter and what we saw last year. So, a lot of conversation around as people are selling more. Goods across the platform. How is Etsy actually benefiting from this? And they talked a lot about how they have to educate their sellers on how to handle the pricing initiatives and the and the the free shipping that Etsy is starting to build into their platform. So a lot of conversation around around education. But to me, this was a story of understanding that that growth is not free. That companies have to invest into their platforms to continue to grow their businesses, and uh, that hurts ultimately hurts some of the the margin picture. Uh, and some of the profit growth, and it seems like investors today or algorithms woke up to that fact and said, "Hey, it's worth 15% less than it was yesterday." So it seems a little bit uh, aggressive for a quarter that was actually pretty nice for a nice little business uh, that is growing pretty handsomely. I don't know. This seems like one of those situations where if Etsy is a stock you've had on your watch list for a while, we're going into the holiday quarter, and now it's on sale 15%. I don't know. This this seems like. A potential buying opportunity. Yeah, it was selling at uh, a little about a little north of eight times revenue, which for a business like this, which is now profitable and generating some cash, um, it, was, it was fairly reasonable. And now it's after today's haircut, even a little bit more um, more reasonably priced from a stock. So I would tend to agree with you, Chris. Definitely worth uh, looking at if you're kind of interested in kind of getting some exposure to the, that kind of growing market. All right, more stock ideas to come on Motley Fool Money this weekend. Uh, it'll be an earnings palooza type of show. And if you're looking for even more stock ideas and recommendations, check out Stock Advisor. It's our flagship service. You can go to stockideas.fool.com. You get 
recommendations from Tom and David Gardner. You get their best buys now. You get a lot more. It's our flagship service for a reason. So check it out. Check it out. Stockideas.fool.com. Fifty percent discount for the dozens of listeners. As Andy mentioned, congratulations to the Washington Nationals, to their fans. Our man behind the glass, Dan Boyd, uh, Austin Morgan, producer at uh, Industry Focus, and um, a nice reminder that some long-term investments aren't about money; <laughs> they're emotional. <laughs> and uh, you know, you think about the—I mean, I've lived in this area for mm-hmm. more than 25 years, and I remember when I first moved here in the early 90s, there was. It seemed like every year mm-hmm. there was talk of oh some franchise might be moving here some you know DC might get be getting a team that kind of thing and then it was basically 15 years before the Montreal Expos moved here and then uh, after some some heartbreak in yes. the playoffs they got it done in an historic World Series where the road team won every game it's in, never happened before just incredible performance by the by the Washington Nationals especially the pitching staff but really just great to see those wins on the road pretty impressive and and congratulations to all the Canadian baseball fans out there this is for you too for the for the long history of the Montreal Expos before they came to Washington DC let's wrap up Halloween candy what do you got for overrated and underrated well chris i'll start with the Overrated. I am just not a fan of regular M and M's. The whole like they don't melt in your hand. They melt. They melt in your mouth, not in your hand. I don't buy it. They always seem to melt in my hand. I just don't like the candy <laughs> shell. I don't like the candy shell chocolate center. I love peanut M and M's and almond M and M's, but just not regular M and M's. Just not my favorite. So I say for un- for overrated, I'm gonna go with regular M and M's. Okay, I'm just going to say Three Musketeers. And and mm-hmm. Bill Barker earlier in the week uh, referred to the 538 uh, list, uh, <laughs> ranking list. And <laughs> I, just working off of that, Three Musketeers ranked way too high. I, I, it's not objectionable. I don't dislike Three Musketeers, mm-hmm. but come on. I like them because they're light and fluffy. <laughs> like it's just light and fluffy. Now, for my underrated, Chris, I have some props. I'm sorry this is not on video, but I have two candies with me. One is Cowtails. If you don't know what that is, caramel with a creamy center, just delicious. One of our good friends, Diana Yoakum, put me onto those one okay. year. And Swedish Fish. I think both of those are underrated. And I got both of those from the candy bin outside the studio, and I plan to eat them not on the air after the show. <laughs> I, just to, so Dan Boyd doesn't get mad at me. I and all the listeners and Dan Boyd appreciate you not chewing into the microphone. Dan, uh, do you have thoughts on what you've just heard? I mean, Andy, way to way to bring candies in from the Great Depression. <laughs> Cowtails, yeah, old huh? school, baby. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go with Junior Mints as underrated. Mm, um, I agree. A, a phenomenal candy, never disappoints, and should be ranked way higher than 25th, which is where it is on the five. Totally agree. Andy Cross, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Forward. Shows mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.